I'm good. Are you good? Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. It's great to be together in God's house this morning as we worship the Lord. We welcome our guests, especially this morning. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. And let me uh, remind everyone, our members and guests alike, of our attendance sheets. We have that on the end of each row. I'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us today. Uh, put, a, put your name, address, phone number, and uh, especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, uh, we send that out each Thursday. It's a good way to keep up with the uh, activities here at Community Baptist Church. So if you'd like to receive that, please uh, be sure to put your email address on there, and we'll put you on the list to receive that uh, email newsletter. Uh, we have uh, several announcements that uh, we'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, next week we will be uh, holding our deacon election. And, um, and so, as we always do, our deacon nomination, as we always do, if there are members of our congregation who would like to, for their name to be removed from the nomination list, uh, please let us know. There's a sign-up sheet on the, in the pocket of the door for the church office, and you can take that and just put your name on there, and we'll remove your name from the list. Or you can call the church office, and we'll remove your name from the list if you do not want to be considered uh, to be a deacon there. And we would appreciate that. Also coming up uh, on the 31st, we have our annual fall festival here at Community Baptist. That's a lot of fun. I can't believe it's almost here, but it is. And uh, that's coming up. It's uh, uh, a lot of people from the community will come in, and we have free chili and uh, games and activities and prizes, and we invite everybody to come to that and, uh, and have a good time. Uh, we could use some donations of some candy some cupcakes, and some financial donations. So uh, if you would like to contribute to that, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, also, on Wednesday, we are beginning a new Bible study uh, on the book of James, and we are calling it uh, Being Doers of the Word. So uh, we invite you to come and share in that time uh, as we look through one of my favorite books, the book of James. And uh, we, we have dinner starting at 5.30, and the, I mean, uh, 5.45, and then our uh, Bible study time will start at 6.30. And one other thing, if you won't mind uh, a little personal note, uh, yesterday we had a pretty large birthday in our home. My mom turned 90 years old. And we are going to celebrate that, that, that this afternoon from 2 to 4 here at the church, and we invite you to come, and nothing big, just uh, uh, cake and punch, and we invite you to come and share that time of celebration this afternoon. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
Ellis, remain standing. Dr. Tim. Dr. Tim. Are you going to do the business? Go on. All right, let's, let's remain standing and we'll have our opening hymn of fellowship. This is called God You Reign.
Please join me in our responsive reading for today, titled, Look to the Lord. When life seems to be crashing down around you, when your spirit is filled with many questions and few answers, when justice seems so far away, when fairness is a fleeting dream, when prayers seem to be unheard and unheeded, look to the Lord and God is always there. He's faithful Amen. Please read along with me the scripture this morning from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. I'll give you just a moment to turn in your Bibles or your electronic reader for that scripture. It was a part of discussion in our worship team meeting a few weeks ago that we encourage people to bring their Bibles to worship or use an electronic reader. So I'll give you just a moment to do that. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says and will not grant God And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? May God bless the reading of this word. Come on down, children. We got our youth this morning in the children's room.
to stand for our offertory hymn. This is a new one for us. It's by Matt Meyer. It's uh, Your Grace Finds Me. Matt Redman. Oh, Matt Redman. I'm sorry. <laughs> Matt somebody.
Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, your gifts are numerous to us. Thank you for your love, your compassion, and your great grace that you share as your gifts. Open our hearts to share the gifts that you've given us back with this church and community. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.
Thank you, guys. We are redeemed, and we can be thankful for that. On um, August the 3rd, 1970, 62-year-old Miriam Hargrave finally passed her driver's test. It was her 40th attempt. Now, after so much struggle and perseverance, one would assume that she would immediately start driving after that. But unfortunately, after spending so much money on driving lessons, she could not afford to buy a car. And that may be just as well. I mean, how comfortable would you feel knowing that the driving driver coming at you had just failed her driver's test 40 times? There's another man. Reverend David Guest, who uh, required 632 lessons over a period of 17 years before he could pass his driver's test. When I was told I passed, I bent down on my knees and thanked God, he said. But the 33-year-old pastor spent over $11,000 on lessons, wore out eight instructors, and crashed five cars before passing his test. And the secret to his turnaround was that he finally switched to a car with an automatic transmission. His problem was that he couldn't distinguish between the clutch and the brake. You know, we all admire people who refuse to give up, don't we? And and the the youth doing the children's sermon today, that was perfect. I had never heard that song before, and, and it just fits perfectly with the sermon today. But we admire people who refuse to give up, who never give up. You know, people who refuse to cut their losses, even when they are pursuing such a mundane task like passing a driver's test. But, of course, there are also some people that we wish would give up, don't we? You ever had one of those, you know, that you really wish, hey, just give it a rest, you know? We've had those. We've known people like that. I've, I was reading about a woman in Pennsylvania who didn't want to buy any magazines, but she couldn't get the magazine salesman to leave her front porch. And so she finally agreed to give the guy $1 for every 10 push-ups he could do. He did 20, uh, two, 200 push-ups, and she gave him $20. I guess he made a sale after all. Writer Ted Loader tells about a salesman named Barry, who was having a a terrible day, just an awful day. And it was lunchtime, so he went to his favorite diner where he was forced by the crowd to share a table with a young, young woman named Angela. And Angela was a unique character. She was wearing a very loudly, a loud print dress and green sleeves that came up above her elbows. And so after some superficial conversation, Barry asked Angela what she did for a living, and she said, I'm a messenger. And so Barry asked, a messenger? From whom? And Angela said, well, from her. And Barry asked, her who? And Angela said, well, you know, her, God. And so after a few more skeptical questions, Barry finally asked Angela, okay, well, suppose you are a messenger from Um, her, then what's the message? And Angela said, without batting an eye, the message is this. Hang in there. Hang in there. Well, that may be the message that God has for you today. I don't know what you're going through right now. 
in your life. And I don't know what dreads or dreams you are currently nurturing. I don't know what frustrations or failures or fears you may be having. But sometimes God's simple message to us is this. Hang in there. Don't give up. You're going to make it. And indeed, I believe that the secret to a successful life is often don't give up. Jesus told this story about an unjust judge. And this judge had no fear of God and cared even less about what other people thought of him. He took bribes and gave favors to those who had the clout and the authority and the wealth. He, he didn't worry about conscience or law or morality or justice. All he wanted to do was to fill his pockets with money and gain recognition from those who held positions of power. However, there was this poor widow who needed his help. And she had no money to bribe him with, even, even if she were inclined to do so. She was a widow, a woman, all alone in a man's world. She had no man and no money to secure legal counsel to plead her case. She held no position of authority, none of the necessary clout to commend her to this judge. But she was being persecuted, taken advantage of by some unknown adversary. But notice that she did not let any of this stop her. Time and time again, she kept coming to this judge with her plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Well, at first, the judge didn't even bother to respond to her. He didn't make a move to help her. His heart was hard and, and harsh. He had no interest at all in helping anyone unless there was something in it for him. But this poor widow kept coming and coming and pleading and pleading. She would not let this judge rest. And notice what happened. This judge, who did not fear God, did not regard anyone else's opinion, finally gave in to this widow and gave her justice. Why? Because she would not give up. He couldn't get rid of her. And she would not take no for an answer. And so the judge finally said, even though I don't fear God or care what other people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't wear me out. Now imagine that, a judge, a man of power, but he was finally cowered by this poor, persistent widow. You see, this, this widow refused to let this corrupt judge off the hook. It's one of those quirky little parables that Jesus liked, loved to tell. And, but then he adds this very serious moral to the end of it. Will God not bring justice for God's chosen ones who cry out day and night? Will God keep putting them off? I will tell you, God will see that they get justice and get it quickly. My friends, these words were designed for people who were suffering unjustly for their faith. And Jesus was saying to them, hang in there. God hears your prayers. Hang in there and trust God and you will not be disappointed. 
Folks, having faith is more than simply saying, I believe in God. Having faith is trusting in God, no matter what your circumstance may be. Tony Evans tells a story about a businessman who um, had to travel to a small town for a meeting one time, and he invited his wife to come along, and she was excited about the trip until she found out that they would be flown to this small town in a little twin-engine Cessna. And she suddenly changed her mind about going. Honey, I've decided not to go, she said. And he exclaimed, well, why not? Why not? She said, well, I'm not going to go in that little bitty plane. Her husband smiled at her and said, honey, your faith is too small. And she said, no, my faith's just fine. That plane's too small. Well, the businessman really wanted his wife to go with him, so he canceled the, the, the Cessna and booked a major airline, and his wife decided to go and because, as she put it, her faith grew in proportion to the size of the plane. And, and some of you can probably relate to that. It, it, it's hard to feel secure in a plane that seems too small. But even more defeating is the belief that your God is too small to look after you. J.B. Phillips once wrote a book with the title, Your God is Too Small. And he was right on target because, folks, a lot of people have a God who is simply too small. And we need to expand our concept of who God is and what God is capable of. God is capable of taking care of us no matter what. Jeanette Strong learned that lesson when her son was a a small child. She says that washing his hair was always a problem. You see, this little boy would sit in the bathtub while she would put shampoo in his hair, but then when she poured water on to make it lather up, he would always tip his head down, and the shampoo would run down into his eyes, and he'd start crying. And she tried to explain that if he just looked up, straight up at her, then he could avoid getting shampoo in his eyes. And he would agree to do that, but then as, as soon as she started to rinse his hair and put the water on his hair, he would look down, his fear would overcome his trust, he would look down, and the shampoo would once again run into his face, and there would be more tears. Well, during one of their sessions of, of her trying to wash his hair, while she was trying to convince her son to lift up her head and trust her, she suddenly realized that this situation was very much like her own relationship with God. You see, she knows that God is her father. And she knows that God loves her. And she believes that she trusts in God. But sometimes in a difficult situation, she just panics and she turns her eyes away from God. But this never solves the problem. She just becomes more afraid as the shampoo gets in her eyes. And here's what she said about that. She said, even though my son knew that I loved him, he had a hard time trusting me in a panicky situation. I knew that I could protect him, but convincing him of that was not easy. And she said, his lack of trust hurt me, but it hurt him even more because he was the one who had to suffer, suffer the pain. And in the same way, I'm sure that my lack of trust hurts God, but how much more does it hurt me? 
She said, often in the Bible, we are told to lift up our eyes to God, especially when we are facing a problem. You see, God knows how to protect us if we will remember to trust God. So now when I find myself in a situation where it would be be easy to panic, I picture my son sitting in that bathtub looking up at me, learning how to trust me. And then I ask God, what should I do? And sometimes the answer may seem scary, but one thing I'm sure of, God will never pour shampoo in my face. It's a simple analogy, but folks, it's a powerful truth. You see, the greatest problem that many of us have is either an insufficient faith or an inadequate God. But as Angela tells us, trust God and hang in there. Trust God and keep going. Trust God and keep coming back demanding justice until God gives you victory. The fact is that many people experience uh, defeat in life because they simply give up too soon. Years ago, there was an old man who approached the famous 19th century poet and artist Dante Gabriel Rossetti. And the old man showed Dante some paintings, and he asked, what do you think? And so Dante studied the paintings, and after a first few, the first few paintings that he saw, he knew that the paintings were not very good. But Rossetti was a, a kind man, and he told the elderly gentleman as gently as he could that the pictures were not good. He's, he was sorry, but he could not lie to the man. And the visit, visitor was disappointed, of course, but he seemed to expect Rossetti's judgment. And then he apologized for taking up Rossetti's time, but asked if Rossetti would look at just a few more drawings done by a young art student. And so Rossetti looked over the second batch of of sketches and immediately became more enthusiastic. These, he said, oh, these are good. This young student has talent, and he should be given every help and encouragement in his career as an artist. He has a great future ahead if he works hard and sticks with it. And Rossetti could tell that the old fellow was was moved, and he asked, Who is this fine young artist? Is he your son? And the old man said, No, it's me, 40 years ago. If only I had heard your praise then, for you see, I got discouraged, and I gave up too soon. What is it that the old poet says? Of all sad words of tongue and pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. My friends, don't let that be said of your life. Hang in there. Don't give up. Trust God. Don't miss out on a possible blessing just because you've become discouraged. And that's particularly important when serving Christ. Some people get their feelings hurt in a church meeting and suddenly they're they're missing from the fellowship. Others get burned out because the results of their their labor becomes uh, uh, seems negligible or 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 non-existent. Well, Christ is speaking directly to you, my friends. Hang in there. The results of your labors are not in vain. You are building up treasures in heaven. I want to tell one final story. 
This is from a book by Glenn Wasson titled uh, A Home Forum Reader. It seems that Glenn was, had been clearing some brush up in the mountains, and, and he took a lunch break and sat on a log by a, by a stream, and he uh, bit into a sandwich. And as he did, there was suddenly a persistent bee that began buzzing around his head. You know, you've experienced that, that bee that just won't leave you alone. And this bee kept buzzing around him, tormenting him relentlessly. And so Glenn waved it off, and, and he quickly, the bee quickly returned. And so this time he swatted it to the ground and stepped on it. He thought that solved the problem. But to his amazement, the bee emerged from the sand to attack him again. Well, before he got airborne, Glenn ground the bee into the sand, and he thought, there, that, that should do it. And he finished eating his sandwich. As he finished his lunch, he noticed that the bee was burrowing out of its sandy grave. And so this, this caught his attention. He thought, what is it with this bee? He just won't die. And so he bent down. He got down his, down his knees, and he said, I've got to find out something about this bee. He got down on his knees to watch what happened next. And as he came out of the sand, it appeared that the bee's right wing was all right, but the left one was crumpled up like a piece of paper. Nonetheless, that bee, with great patience, stretched it out and tried that damaged wing, moving it slowly up and down. He ran its legs along the the length of the wing, trying to straighten it out as much as he could. But the damage seemed irreparable. And Glenn, being a veteran pilot, knew something about wings. And as he knelt down there watching that bee, he concluded that that bee was not going to fly again. But that bee had other ideas. It stretched out the damaged wing. It increased the tempo of the fluttering. And the bee attempted to fly. It managed to get off the ground about three inches before it came crashing back down to earth. And then it tried again and again. Each effort was a little more successful, though sometimes the bee would kind of fly erratically going this way and that. And then finally, that bee took off. It buzzed across the stream and was gone. As the bee disappeared, Glenn wrote, I realized that I was still on my knees, and I remained on my knees for some time. My friends, that bee demonstrated a faith that you and I can only envy. You see, some of us quit before we ever really get started. But when that happens, remember that bee. When that happens, remember that woman who kept demanding justice until she wore that crooked judge down. Don't miss out on one of the real secrets of life, my friends. Hang in there. Never give up. Never quit. Keep stretching that damaged wing. Keep on trying. Because here's the good news for you today. God wants to help you to fly. And I hope we can all remember that. Because we all face hardships in our lives. We all face difficulties. And we all face times when we just want to give up. Never give up. Because God wants us to fly. Amen. Let us sing together.
our closing hymn, number 445, Sweet Hour of Prayer. This is a challenge for all of us as we pray together, as, as we lift up our prayers to God. And this is basically the, the lesson of this, is to never quit lifting our prayers to God. Never give up, because God is always there for us. So let's take that challenge with us as we, as we lift our prayers to God and give it over to Him. People of God, the Lord sends you into the world to a harsh and oftentimes cruel place. Many do not live by the same values as you, and many do not know you. The world in which you enter is oftentimes obstinate and stubborn. You, however, are different. By word and by deed, share what the Lord has done. And whether the world listens or not, they will know that a Christian has been in their midst. Amen.